I'm Frederick Curtin, and I'm the filmmaker. And I'm Leilani Farha, and I'm the advocate. So we are rolling, we are rolling, and how is life over in your bunker, or you're in your bunker country, Canada? Is everything fine? We just had a long weekend. It's a very, it's called Thanksgiving here. It's an amazing weekend, only because you get to eat a lot of food, and... The leaves are changing color, so it's just gorgeous, stunning everywhere. So you you kill birds and then you watch leaves. That's right, but I happen to be vegetarian, so I don't engage in the killing of birds. But uh, we, I kill fish actually, okay. and then I eat them. Okay, mm-hmm. so that's how you <laughs> thanks the giving. That's how we roll. That's, that's fine. Yeah. Okay, and and work wise, are you busy building the shift? I guess. Yeah, some cool stuff going on. Last week we launched the. Global Homelessness Action, which is different than most work on homelessness in that we're trying to get homeless people from around the world to actually claim their right to housing, which is unusual because normally people think about homelessness and charity, you know, that 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 they should just be given, you know, some handouts. And we're trying to mobilize homeless people around the world to recognize that what they're missing is the human right to housing and that governments have an obligation. So we just started this sort of action last week and we got some really good feedback already. And we're going to post videos and audio clips of people claiming their right to housing who are living in homelessness. It's kind of cool. Indeed cool. Kind of cool. Indeed cool. And it's this is like the homeless population is also a group that most people don't really want to interact with you know it's like it's it's very painful it's easier to walk by than stop i i i understand that feeling totally because it's 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 very painful definitely i co-directed a film in south africa do you know about that called josie gold i know know about about it what's going on with josie gold i've seen it yeah it's been suffering a bit I saw all most films, COVID. the COVID, the, the closing of cinemas and so on. But it's actually for, for our listeners in Sweden, it's up now on SVT Play. And I think the same oh, also in the Netherlands. You can also watch it in the Netherlands out. And in America, it's now playing in a festival in New York, which you also can catch in line in, in the United States. Uh, you should go to to the WGFilm.com website and check out all, all that, those kind of facts. And another story uh, from this side mm. is that our friends, Blackstone, they have been out oh. shopping. They've been shopping. What have they been buying they've, now? They've been buying from almost the same amount as they bought into our friends at Oatly. They have not been buying real estate in Malmo. So it's basically logistical mm. infrastructure. But one of them is one of the, the, the oldest artist studio plays in Malmo, which has a 20 year lease by the city. So the city is leasing this for 20 years. Mm. And now the artists are extremely upset because they actually try to, so, to secure it and, and buy the house. And, and the seller accepted this offer from Blackstone that they couldn't Kidding. refuse. So it's, it's uh, they are, they're moving in and they're always moving quick. And what I don't really understand, what I don't know, is how they get to know about these deals. 
we know that Blackstone are looking for, you know, undervaluated assets, but how do they find them? I'm sure there is a lot of middlemen out there who knows that Blackstone is out looking, they have money they want to spend. So there are probably a lot of firms who are pitching business towards Blackstone and others, of course, also. Yeah. Well, I I think that they actually use some software to m monitor what's coming good on the market and what's available and et cetera. I had heard that somewhere. Uh, on a, uh, I think Aaron Glantz told me. Uh, and I think they spent a lot of time, Blackstone spent a lot of time after the global financial crisis investing in technology to help them make these deals. It would be interesting to research that. Actually, maybe we should do a little, I'll get someone to do a little research into that. It could be kind of cool. It is. I know from the UK, when we premiered a film in, in the UK, I heard about Blackstone buying the, the railway arcades, both in Scotland right. and, and around London, which meant mm. that a lot of spaces that have been kind of reasonable in rent, you know, the the, the the structures under the railway. Uh, so, but I, I met one of the journalists that interviewed us in London. Her kid was at the, at the kindergarten, one or one of those. So now they have to push up the fee because Blackstone had bought the space and, and made it more expensive. So it's they are they are moving in many directions. Mm -hmm. In in Malma, is it Blackstone or is it a subsidiary company? I mean, the, the story when it came out in this kind of real estate uh, newsletter, it was actually named Blackstone. I never I haven't uh, seen that before. Interesting. Yeah. But I don't know. I haven't looked into the, 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 the story behind. I, I mean, mm. I haven't seen the documents and so, but it's right. It's a lot of things cooking. We have a lot of things to talk about today. But mm -hmm. first, I, I, we, we actually have listeners. Do you know that? <laughs> and we we, we do? do and in many <laughs> I hope and so. in many countries uh, actually now 87 countries and the last last country to come in was uh, Haiti amazing and the country 86 was uh, Algeria so uh, there we have audience oh. it's cool and and I just saw actually this was on LinkedIn Melanie in Stockholm she wrote saying amazing podcast i'm listening to every episode with much interest and sometimes horror so and and then she also asked us to be on Acast and other platform i don't know we have to look into that we are not we're not podcast savvy we're just trying so if you have tips on how we can reach out better and you know be smarter and how we can actually make money you know to fund the work tell us mm. please uh, Lara in Amsterdam, uh, she's an architect from Spain. She, she's been writing a lot and, and she has made almost the same kind of comment like Melanie that it's sometimes too scary. This is the reality that we are sharing. So it's a bit depressing. Mm. So she was looking for more positive stories, you know, the fight back, the pushback stories. Mm. And, and I, I think she's right. And we, so that's something for an upcoming episode to look into because there is a lot of resistance going on. And of there course, sure we, is. so also tell us about resistance stories. Hmm. Yeah, let's do an episode on that for sure. We can we can energize people with other people's energy. Yeah. Even in the middle of a pandemic, there's a lot of stuff going on. There is. And 
and one very strong thing now in the pandemic is this kind of battle of of facts you know mm. as, and so this week will be a podcast about pushback in the post-truth era mm. you know is this what we are seeing is it a conspiracy or is it a pattern what do you think i have to say from when i started researching into financialization it had the feeling or texture my experience had the feeling or texture of a conspiracy and I'll, i mean i can plot it out for you i mean I had, when I researched my thematic report, when I was rapporteur, I wrote a report on financialization. And uh, the the name that sort of popped out first as the biggest player was Blackstone, biggest private equity firm in the area of residential real estate. And so I had the name in my head. Then it was a little bit like, you know, when you learn something new, you see it everywhere. Well, that's what started happening to me. Also for so, me, yeah. 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 So it was like, Suddenly, I mean, I knew that Blackstone had been in Spain because, of course, my research had showed that and that they were a big player there. Um, then we interview that fellow Derek in Harlem. We're in Harlem and he's talking about Blackstone. And then I had received notice about a big eviction in outside of Prague in the Czech Republic in a suburb. And the eviction was of Roma people from a apartment building. And they were converting the apartment building into a senior's residence. It was very devastating because Roma have a very hard time to find anywhere to live. So the fact that they were in this building was very important. The fact that they were being evicted was very worrying to me as rapporteur, of course. And so I started investigating, well, who's doing this eviction? The name of the company started with a D, Domodo, I can't remember, but and then I did a bit of a corporate search, boom, Blackstone. And then I go to University of Colorado to talk about Push. Push hadn't been released yet, but we were finishing up and it was about to premiere and I was there to talk about financialization. And then the dean of the law school tells me that Blackstone is a major player in investing in research in the law school. And he had no idea that they were also involved in these areas. And then you came to Sweden to make a speech. And I said, oh, let's let's film a little bit in Sweden. And, and we did some research. I did some yeah. research. And? And boom, Blackstone were the biggest private investor of Swedish suburban, suburban uh, low-income housing. So it's, it's uh, yeah, it's true. It, there is a feeling of conspiracy, but you know, I, I saw I saw on uh, on TV the other day uh, here in Sweden, but it's probably out in many countries. It's it's a doc called United States of Conspiracy. So it's a frontline production in uh, so that frontline is a slot on PBS in the US by Michael Kirk. So it's it's following this. Uh, crazy guy alex jones oh, yeah. in for wars you know who is he he said 9-11 was yes. fake you know and he kept going and the crazier he got the more audience he got you know it became a very strong mm. business and and because of the the settings of uh, youtube facebook twitter all they really the crazier he got the more audience he got so that's like the the conspiracy theory thrives well in the new social media world. 
So it's, and of course, a lot of politicians understood that, and then of course, Trump jumped in and 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 entered his show and so on. And you know, this is the guy who also said that the parents of Sandy Hook, the massacre, were, right, were actors. Right. Crazy. So, so it's it it's really crazy, but this is now you know this is now the this is the American elections mm -hmm. coming up mm -hmm. now. You know, this is. This is what we are meeting everywhere. Crazy ideas thrown out. But I'm not going to talk about this, these crazy theories or the QAnon yes. and all these <laughs> stories that the world is flat, you know, yeah. all that. It's like, but it's, the thing is that it's almost like a rebellion to cling on to one of these. You're, you're, you're against the big conspiracy. Mm. You're against the big power if you are selling out these... Uh, these strange mm. theories but for us you know what what we are leilani as mm -hmm. i see it we are on the totally other side our what we want to do what we want to achieve is to bring knowledge up bring understanding mm -hmm. up connecting dots but then all these easily constructed or these strangely constructed theories are also pushed thrown against us. Absolutely. To me, a conspiracy theory is when you reject a kind of normal explanation of an event or of something, of a phenomenon, and you attribute it to some secret, something secret going on or something hidden. And in that way, it's so easy for my work, for your work, to fall into that conspiracy theory label because, in fact... The main description before you made push of the housing crisis was what? There's not enough housing out there. And that's why people are suffering, you know? So, so housing's expensive because there's a, there's a scarce resource and scarce resources are expensive. And your film and my work challenge that. And we are saying, no, actually, there are a whole lot of corporates out there, cor massive investors who are eating up housing stock and doing all sorts of things that drive up the cost of housing. And there's a lot of corrupt money out there landing into housing that pushes up prices and decreases supply, etc. And And what else do we say, Frederick? We say that this is happening under the radar. It's this silent monster invading cities. All of that makes it really easy for those who reject our analysis and our facts and our data to label us as part of some left-wing conspiracy theory type of people, which is ridiculous because I've met so many thousands of people now, hundreds of people across the world who identify a pattern and who are, I have all the stories, I have my notes, you film them, but you see how, how easy it is. Yeah, but I, 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 don't, I don't totally agree because I, I haven't met so many people really telling me that I am a left-wing something. You know, I, I met also, I also meet a lot of people who are in real estate who say that you're totally right. Uh, and this is the problem. I mean, I was in, in a TV studio in Stockholm and I met the, their financial expert, he was going to talk about the stock market. And he said, yeah, this is what's happening. This is what you tell in the film. This is exactly what's going on. There is too much money out there and it's pushing up the prices. And this will not end well, was his line. You know, so it's, I think a lot of people can see it. And of course, 
but of course you're right we're in some kind of language war and and if you go back to you know we talked about the the corona you know there is of course there is a lot of popular sense out there saying this is something behind you know there is big pharma going out there and it's they are the, the reason that we're locking down societies and like a big conspiracy it's almost like trump is almost saying the same like it's like the the deep state and the big pharma and bill gates is going to take the election away from him so of course sending in doubt is a is a classical way and of course the, the left could do the same thing and say blackstone is a conspiracy i i don't want to go there no because, me neither no because i think we see <laughs> blackstone are real and and of course they are in many ways as stiglitz says in in our film they're in action they are evil their actions are evil but then a lot of people or a lot of money that goes into the blackstone products could also be our own savings our own pension funds and and we don't we have no idea what that money money lands and what effect that money has so it's it's very much a system that is evil and i wouldn't even call it capitalism i know it's that I mean, of course that's that's also an easy way to say yeah capitalism is the evil boom let's move on but of course it, this is a very extreme part of of this financial the economic system that has this these effects and it's it's also partly a new a new part of it one of the things i have to say that happens in my work and it's to be a responsible human rights advocate i have to make sure that i'm not over inflating or inflating a phenomenon creating something where there's nothing um or you know i have to be there's a responsibility to to properly document and name uh, infringements on human rights and there were times and not so much now but there were times as i was researching and talking to people and where i would start to feel like am i overblowing this whole private equity control over housing am, am have i created a monster that isn't there in my own head, in my own work. And then every time I would have that feeling, a new fact would emerge. <laughs> you know, yeah. I was looking at housing in Toronto and everyone was talking about Starlight, a new um, asset management firm really moving in and causing a lot of problems in Toronto and other places in Canada. And I scratched the surface of Starlight and their institutional partner is Blackstone. Oh. And so, I get, you know, I'm reminded, hmm. I think we have a responsibility to make sure that we are presenting what we know to be true and not overinflating and only as you say, connecting the dots. Yeah. Um, but the industry itself, Frederick, I mean, I've had, uh, unlike you, I've had slightly different experiences. Yes, I have a lot of affirmation, certainly from tenants and certainly from some insiders in the real estate development, that kind of world. But I've also had people say to me, private equity only rep, I mean, their investments, it's such a small little portion of their pie, residential real estate, you're making too big of a deal of it. I've been told, look, in Canada, for example, they only own 20% of rental accommodation in the country. That's not such a big amount. You see, and that way, they start making me feel like I'm doc, I'm being more of a conspiracy theorist than a human That's rights true. advocate. And, and I think, 
Blackstone for sure uh, wants to minimize like who yeah. they are and what they're doing. That's and so they want to play play themselves down, and that goes for the whole industry. They are not. I mean, we kind of made and we're about to make them a household name in some way, which they had never been yeah. before. So it's that's why the newspaper suddenly can make a headline with Blackstone because it's suddenly it has a value of some kind. But the interesting thing that that Blackstone wanted to downplay themselves, mm. and but then they're siding with the president Trump, who is siding with this kind of anti-fact, fake news, you know, anti-journalism, anti-science, you know. So it's 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 very it's very strange, you know. We have. We have this huge creature, Blackstone. They don't want us to see them and to understand them. And then they are, you know, that's why this this link with with this Alex Jones uh, and Roger Stone, who was this guy who worked with Trump and, you know, like this kind of guy who's been around forever in the Republican Party. And and then with Blackstone. So it's like it's you have this really cold side, very efficient, very rich. And then you have the lunatics kind of working for the same. It's, 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 it's hard to understand. And I think, and that's one of the reasons that we have to be very sharp in what we do. Quite often our message to, when we meet people at screenings, to ask people to map your own community. Who are the new owners? Who owns the, the, the homes in your community? Who are the new owners and how are they funded? You know, we're talking about this this Norwegian-owned company based here in Malmö called Heimstaden, which is like they're big in Sweden. They bought 44,000 apartments in the Czech Republic of Blackstone. Now I got an email yesterday from activists in Berlin and said, Frederick, can you help us? Because Heimstaden, they have just bought 146 uh, buildings in Berlin. It's a lot. And so they're moving in and they want to have to meet, have contact with people who have experience here. So it's, and of course, it's not only about understanding Heimstad or Archelius or Blackstone, it's also say who are their funders? Because it's quite often pension funds and so on. So, so, so that all that knowledge, we need to keep digging it up and you need to do that in your own town because that's the best way of fighting back conspiracy or not but i mean i think it's the by understanding it and and we will also make it less of a conspiracy you know i think that's right i hadn't thought i like what you said i hadn't thought about that before the link between blackstone and trump and then fake news and I have to admit, when the whole fake news thing started with Trump, I actually didn't even understand it. And and it's only recently, I think, because I'm not traveling, I actually am watching the news more. And I'm now suffering this U.S. election because in Canada, our media is you completely... You shouldn't watch, watch the news. Um, it's a I bad know. thing. It's a very bad thing. Yeah. And it, it But in any event, it penetrates our uh, airwaves here. And from, I think, from a human rights advocate point of view, the idea that people can just make up facts and present them as the truth, which is in fact what Trump does when he names fake news and creates mm. his own. I and mean, we saw this in his entire approach to COVID, for example, yeah. is it, it, it is so undermining of the human rights project, because, well, at least as I see it in my work, I mean, so much of what I've been trying to do, especially in the last 
six, seven years is bring forward the stories and experiences that are true of everyday people around the world who are not able to to have a decent home, who can't afford it, being evicted, etc. And if in one quick act, someone can say, that's fake. Here's the truth. Everyone around the world is fine. Yeah. It's pretty scary. And it completely undermines the project, right? It is. And, and we need to understand what Trump is doing is shifting the focus. It's a technique, you know, and then we tweet or a lot of our friends tweet and Facebook and so on and say, oh, he's crazy. Have you seen, you know, he's crazy. And then they, they post his stupid comments. And then you also become a part of the whole sh the game show that he is. Remember the tobacco industry. When they started to get problem, when people found out that you get actually get lung cancer from smoking cigarettes, the, the tobacco industry developed a technique. What was that? It was to send in alternative science. Yes, it might be true that you get cancer, but there is also these researchers says that you can actually get healthier by smoking cigarettes. So they were there by sending in alternative science. It became like, okay, so this research says this and the other says this. So it's like a way of taking down the, the real story and making it less dangerous. And you can see that coming up when well, you, you have the classical uh, denial of the, of the Holocaust, of course. That's also the same kind of technique. You, you start sending in a lot of uh, counter science, counter stories to make this horrible story less, you know, true. And, and now we have the, the climate deniers, you know. So it's, it is a part of the same thing. And I think, I still believe that what we have to do is to keep telling the true stories and not enter into their uh, ball game of, of stupid things. And I think that's, I mean, the, the success of Greta. I'm still proud from being from the same country as Greta. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. She's amazing. Yeah, she's amazing. But she is also very clear. Listen to science. You know, of course, there is a lot of counter science being sent in the same way. But mm -hmm. but she's she's sending out facts and she's 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 doing that day by day by day. And I think we have to do the same things about the factors that are destroying our cities and our lives. Mm -hmm. So instead of going all the way into to their their world. No, I think that's right. That's part of what why we started that global homelessness action was to flood as much as we could and create a, the narrative that homelessness at the scale in which the world is experiencing it cannot simply be about drug abuse and laziness, which is, you know, or criminality, which is what's normally attributed to homeless people, and that there's something bigger and structural going on here. The only way to do that is to get those, though, that kind of people science out into the public domain. So, yeah, we have actually some more um, letters from listeners. Ah, I'd like to hear Then we have a guy called Marcus. And he said, we made a comment in the podcast about, you know, this illegal money, you oh, know, yeah. you know, when the criminals move in and, mm -hmm. and then they pass it on to the next generation and suddenly it's white, you know, that you you launder uh, the, the criminal money. Mm -hmm. And he says there's actually a, a film about all that. And that's The Godfather, 
<laughs> so the Godfather is basically right. about that, and and in, in the Godfather Three, it's very much about that. Because oh. then it's the uh, it's the the Vatican's uh, real estate that they are. It's it's all about the big fights. It's actually true, and it's now it's I'll have to go back. I was pretty young when The Godfather came out, but um, and I did, but I did watch it. I was young, but I watched it eventually. But I've never seen Godfather three, so now I have. A- because at that time, the the Catholic Church was re- a big uh, real estate. Uh, of course, and I guess they still they are. Still but are, I mean, <laughs> but but it was you know. But I I remember that film as as a part of of this was this was also. Uh, the murdering of of a of a socialist pope, you know, in in this that is also in the film. Ah, okay. In some way. Ah, okay. Anyway, that's that's for Marcus. But we, but, uh, we have Patreon. Patreon we is do. a way to support the podcast. We're kind of new at this. We don't really know how to fund this podcast. Even if we have audience in many places, we still do this on our bleeding knees. <laughs> Uh, but we have a few patrons and and we love them a lot because they they give us uh, like five dollars a month so you please be one of the pushback patrons you go to push you go to patreon.com search for pushback you can also go to the push uh, push the film.com website and find out more but simon and harriet in norwich uk say we love your podcast that's nice the themes you cover are so essential for people to hear. We love to hear investigations into the tomato industry in Spain oh. and exploitation of the workers from North Africa there. Thank you for your work. Oh. That's actually a good story. I mean, as I did. A film you know about, it. Oh, yeah. I've been driving through that area and uh, it's, you know, it's south of Spain and it's driving through. It's like it's a, it's almost like driving through a refugee camp because it's mm. only white plastic all over yes. the valley. Yes, and it's 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 so much so much pesticides. It's like it's harmful for nature for workers. And of course, they, you're right, Simon Harriet, that this is a place where a lot of uh, immigrants are working uh, long hours for very little pay in in a very harmful environment. So, if you want to buy Spanish tomatoes, don't buy them from from that Almeria region. Mm. We have that, you know, in. Uh the province in Canada where I live in the south of the province Mm. we have tomato workers they come from Mexico Mm. and uh, they have pretty terrible conditions but in particular I know about it because their housing conditions are terrible and of course with COVID there was a huge issue as to whether they'd be let in and then if they're let in and they're living in these horrible and I've seen this actually in so many countries I've been to. Migrant workers are often living in the worst conditions, period. Uh, it's I would say if you want to buy, when you buy food, try to buy organic and also mm-hmm. grown right. in, in as close as home as possible. Mm-hmm. That's right. And if, if, it's, if it has traveled far, try to also include fair trade, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is really important. I know it's not as strong in Canada as it should be, but there is a fair trade mm-hmm. Canada because I went there and, and showed my bananas films yes. for them and it's really cool people. So, so support them. In Maine, I will tell you, Frederick, in, if you go to like a mainstream grocery store in my city, it's almost impossible to get a banana that's not made by Dole. You ha- there's one fair trade uh, place that distributes to one grossateria. It's um, almost impossible. 
So we have a, a message from another patron. He's Joe mm. Adino from Tucson, Arizona. And he's active in the Barrio Neighborhood Coalition and the Historic Fourth Avenue Coalition in Tucson. And they're fighting displacement and gentrification in the city. And he says, I want to know more about how we convince all levels of government to get on board with making smart, sustainable development work for our communities. We are all battling the same problems and organizations. So I'm happy to support those who are with us in the fight. Mm. And then he says, I'm very grateful for the work of Leilani, Frederick and everyone involved. So what, what would you say to, to Joe? I mean, my experience now, it's maybe partially related to who I am and my reputation, etc. But I had such a good experience the past few months working with local governments as a beginning place in trying to combat some of these patterns of financialization and gentrification that can be bad. I found that just by having normal conversation uh, about, particularly with mayors, about their vision of what they want their cities to be like and how can they get there and offering alternatives to the dominant narrative and dominant paradigms has really worked, at least, um, as I said, my recent work here in Canada with 12 different cities, literally in a span of three months, the conversation completely changed from one that began with everything's terrible, homelessness is a nightmare, we can't solve anything, we just need money, 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 to now a, a big call for embracing the human right to housing, using a different paradigm, trying to challenge the over-commodification of housing. So that was in a three-month period that these, you know, decision-makers really changed their approach. So I th I think begin with local government and begin with a conversation. Cool. I, I would also say to Joe that cities around the world, mayors and, and, and groups like yours have been using PUSH uh, to, to gather people and to gather the city and to talk about the issue. And I think you should try to set up a screening of PUSH and, and, and invite the mayor and invite his staff and, you know, and architects and other uh, cool people in the city and have an open debate about what's going on. Because I, I, I'm sure when you see the film, you will see that the pattern is very close to what also happens in your own town. I have also a note from Tajay Hanken in Trondheim, Norway, and he is He's writing his master's thesis about the studentification oh. of Trondheim because the studentification is threatening the housing market by effectively removing flats from the free market. So like students are grabbing up all the space, you know, when the universities are growing. We saw the same in Sheffield, remember? The, the luxury student yes. condos for foreign students. So it's like, it's a, it's a, we had, we actually have made a, a full podcast on the student homes. So listen to that. But, um, but he says he, he is a supporter of, of pushback talks in on Patreon because it's the potential of establishing contacts with other people who are interested in and working with issues connected to the housing market. Yes, good. Through us, you can also get contact with other people. We will find a way. Maybe we should set up a Facebook group for all active people. So mm -hmm. you, you also can talk to each other. We'll, we'll come back, see what will happen. We also have a friend in, in Miami, Florida, Mark Schloss, and he's been writing to us before. He wants us to make a special show about 
the amazing composer Florencia di Consiglio who's ah, made a music right. of Push. When you you can hear her music in the end uh, and opening of this show, uh, Florencia is she's an amazing person. So we, you, I would love to involve her. And I haven't I haven't met her, so I would love that. That'd be yeah, great. Yeah, but you are in your bunkering, you know, in <laughs> Canada. Yeah. yeah. Well, we can do a, a Zoom and a pod with her. But Mark is a, he's a patron, and he says. Thanks, love, and peace to the WG Film family. I think that's a really yes. nice ending note, isn't it? Peace yes. and love. Peace and love. Yeah. That's pretty Leilani, good. We, we made it. <laughs> <laughs> you always seem surprised. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, we but friends it. out there, uh, send us more ideas and feedback and tell your friends about the podcast. Watch the film. Um, yeah, share, help us, whatever we do on social media. If you, I mean, if you go to the pushthefilm.com, there are also all the small videos we do for this uh, podcast. You can grab them and send them to your friends. There is a lot of, if you want to be active, please be. We need friends. If you have mighty enemies, you need <laughs> a lot of friends. really good friends. <laughs> <laughs> So true. So true. Until so next time. Until next. Have a nice walk in the rain. I actually have still some light out there. Yeah, I have been, no dog. It's no been dog. a beautiful, been a beautiful day here. So take care, Lenani. You too, Frederick. Always great to talk to you. Ciao. Bye. Bye. Pushback Talks is produced by VG Film. Support us by becoming a Patreon at patreon.com/pushbacktalks. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you again next week.